WISIP is the first international project aimed at promoting Italian cinema, directed by women, which is also available in an accessible version. It was selected as a special project by the Italian Ministry of Culture. Welcome to the FRED podcast dedicated to WICIP. WICIP means... Uh, Women, Italian Cinema and Italian Project. This is the first project for the international promotion of Italian cinema written, produced and directed by women. This episode of the podcast is completely dedicated to the event we had a few days ago uh, in New York in collaboration with Casa Italiana Zerilli Marimo and the New York University. We are very proud of this event in New York. It was really a very successful event thanks to the wonderful venues we had. And let me start by thanking the director of Casa Italiana Zerilli Marimo, Stefano Albertini, and also Julian Sachs, who worked hard for the organization and also made sure that everything worked due in this wonderful afternoon we had that includes the screening of three films two short films and the long feature films and also a panel about uh, women equality in the film industry uh, with the participation of a number of different uh, women filmmakers, Italian and American and also moderated by Anne-Catherine Titze a well-known film journalist and that we have very lucky to have with us on this occasion My name is Federico Spoletti. I'm one of the uh, people behind this project that was developed with, together with uh, Angela Prudenzi in particular. The, the project is uh, uh, managed by Lajdor in collaboration with Sapti Access, the company in charge of all the accessible versions. And um, we're going to talk about this later in this podcast. But I would start listening to an audio clip from the introduction uh, made by the uh, director uh, of Casa Italiana Zerilli Marimo, Stefano Albertini. Let me just remind you that all the panel is available for if you are interested, all the afternoon actually, that, include, that includes the panel, but also a Q&A with uh, film director Daphne Di Cinto and also an introduction by myself and Angela Prudenzi. So let's start listening to Stefano Albertini's introduction. Welcome to New York University, Casa Italiana, Zerilli Marimo. It's a great pleasure to have a Friday evening that is going to be dominated by Italian women in cinema. And uh, we welcome this proposal that came to us from Federico Spoletti and his colleagues, uh, Open Arms, because there are at least two very important components to this edition in particular. One is to draw attention to women in cinema, not as an afterthought, but as a concept that should be explored, supported, learned, studied, and much more. And the other issue that will be discussed briefly, but that will probably develop uh, in a further uh, edition, is accessibility in cinema. Now, accessibility is a concept that you might have heard many times. It's one of these uh, buzzwords now, right, that everybody uses without knowing exactly what it is. It is extremely important to guarantee that everybody has access to media productions, and in particular to cinema. Otherwise, we run the risk of having fantastic cultural products that are going to be available only to some parts of the population. We have done historically that mistake many, many times in the past, excluding certain uh, categories of people. And we should not continue doing it for the present. So the issue of accessibility, it's an issue that is political, that is sociological, and that is cultural. And we wholeheartedly support uh, the work that you're doing. 
This was an extract by Stefano Albertini's introduction of this afternoon in New York during this event for the WICP project. This project is inclusive and that means that we provide accessible versions for all the selected films. As you know, all films are shown in their original language with interlingual subtitles in the language of the venues, the place, the, the, the area, the territory where the films are, are actually screened and subtitled also includes also additional information for the deaf and hard of hearing and um, because all the WIECP projects are made accessible for the visually impaired as well and viewers with the hearing and visually impairments will be able to attend the screening as part of an inclusive experience and that means that uh, as the age and audio description AD, uh, audio description for the blind and visually impaired are both available in all the project languages and audio description includes in this case also audio subtitling because films are shown in the original language. Uh, SDH appears on screen during the film while audio description is available through a smartphone app which synchronizes the audio description content with the audio of the films. Uh, the app specifically is called Aircatch. Aircatch is a, is a partner in the project. The company is based in Holland and uh, if you want to download this uh, app, please look for it in the App Store uh, if you have a, an iPhone or in the Google Play um, Store if you have an Android smartphone. There is a blue icon with a capital E in yellow and uh, the purpose of this app is also allow everyone uh, attending a screening in a cinema but also uh, watching a film in, on television or, or from um, a VOD platform to have uh, the possibility to listen to um, audio description if that exists. After Stefano Albertini's introduction, I took the floor and then I introduced Angela uh, Prudenzi, who actually mentioned Elvira Notari. Let's listen to a clip from Angela's introduction, translated by uh, interpreter Lilia Pino Bluen. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, to, I, I'm glad that I was able to be here to present at Casa Italiana. Uh, it is a great honor to be here, and I'm um, highly emotional. It means a lot to me. It means a lot also because um, I'm thinking that many years ago, many years, almost a century ago, um, in this town, a, an Italian woman, her name was Elvira Notari, she was a uh, producer and a filmmaker in Italy, and she came to America. And here she opened offices for a production company. And in um, New York, she aimed to distribute Italian films, but just not any film. They were films that she meant to be shown to the immigrants, Italian immigrants here, who had um, had to leave behind their country. And these films were often set in the South. They were uh, mostly from Naples. And they allowed the local immigrants to uh, experience the what they had left behind she was a true star she was a powerhouse she was a star of silent cinema and she was a pioneer at that and um, however when cinema slowly turned into a business it became a male-dominated business and Elvira quickly realized that that was no longer her world that was not what she wanted to do Therefore, um, sadly, then fascism took over and censorship became 
uh, a force and a lot of her movies which uh, had as protagonists uh, poor people they were in dialect and often they told stories in which women were victims of male violence and they were no longer allowed to be and therefore she closed down her company and uh, however you know, many years have, have gone by and this situation has now changed having said that a lot still needs to be done and I'm glad that we have an opportunity to talk about this here there will be a panel with a lot of great uh, female filmmakers and producers and we will talk about all of that but I think it's very important to be here, that we're here today and we are uh, honoring uh, the legacy of Elvira and it's uh, extremely important that we continue to tread that path that she created for us And this was Angela Prudenzi translated by Lilia Pino Bluang about uh, Elvira Notari. The event uh, that took place at Casa Zerilli Marimo in New York was actually uh, one of many events uh, that are organized by the WICAP project in a number of venues all over the world. The first one was in Toronto, uh, then we were in London, and after New York we are going to Buenos Aires and Sao Paulo and Brasilia and also uh, Rio de Janeiro, Sydney, and not necessarily in this order, but also in Toulouse, in France, in Brussels, in Bratislava. There are a number of events that we organize in order to promote uh, Italian women filmmakers. And uh, this project has two main components, as we said, women and inclusion. And by inclusion, we mean in particular accessibility features. As I said, also, we screen films all over the world and we organize panels on women equality in the film industry and on accessibility and uh, on this event in New York on the 28th of October we screened two short films and one feature the shorts were Be My Mind by Jasmine Trinka and uh, The Moor by Daphne Di Cinto and the feature was actually uh, La Ragazza a Volato The Girl Has Flown by Vilma Labate and after that we had the Q&A moderated by uh, Stefano Albertini with Daphne Di Cinto and um, also the panel on women equality. This panel was moderated by film journalist Anne-Catherine Tietze. And let's listen to an extract of uh, Anne-Catherine's introduction to the panel and then Angela Prudenzi talks about the situation of women equality in the film industry from an Italian perspective in particular. Let me introduce uh, the illustrious panel to you. Uh, you can see their impressive bios on the handout in that you have uh, that you that you got when you came here. Um, so let me just start with um, from far away uh, from Rome, Vilma Labate, who you see behind me, um, film director and producer, whose film "The Girl Has Flown." you are going to see right after this panel. Um, here on the stage, we have um, Antonietta De Lillo, acclaimed director and producer, um, Elisabetta Lodoli, director and screenwriter, Federica Belletti, producer, and um, Angela Prudenzi, who is film critic and producer, and who is responsible for this event tonight. So, a translator for us will be 
Lilia, you also met her earlier. When I was invited to moderate this panel, I thought about a quote from Italo Calvino on folktales. In his introduction to his volume on Italian folktales, he remarks, um, he remembers the, the following Tuscan proverb, which is, the tale is not beautiful if nothing is added to it. And I thought that was just very fitting about storytelling and about uh, cinema today. So I want to start, Angela, with you. Um, where are we at? What is the status quo of um, uh, the, the situation, women in film in Italy right now? And now the answer by Angela, translated by Lilia Pino-Bluan. Dunque, eh, qual è la situazione? Eh, credo che questa sia la, la domanda chiave. Well, um, this is a key question. What is the situation like right now? When uh, we first met, I closed off my um, welcoming statement by saying that things are changing. And yes, we've come a long way since Elvira Antari's time. However, the true question is not, are things different or not? It's how much are they different? And sadly, the answer to this question is um, not very positive. We are still very far from the goal of a 50-50 split and gender equality in the audiovisual industry, and I'm including cinema and television as well, is not a reality yet. Per uh, farvi capire meglio, credo che sia necessario uh, dare qualche percentuale. In order to better understand, I'd like to quote some figures. You know, I want to talk about percentages. I don't want to bore you with that, but I think it's important to look at numbers so that we can truly feel what it's like. Let's talk about how many uh, directors we have, how many are male and how many are female. We have a study that mm, is about the time frame between 2017 and 2020. There's no publicly available data for the 2021-2022 time period. So uh, if we look at that, in terms of directors, we have 1,115 men and 213 women. So, yeah, you see that there's a huge gap there. And um, so definitely in terms of the sharing of responsibilities or in the industry, definitely no equality. And in the rest of the film industry and television industry, it is not any better at all. For example, for editing, we have 827 men and 279 women. And for the music department, in terms of scores for films and television products, um, it's a desert in terms of women. We have 377 male um, composers or um, musicians and only 28 women. Yet, there's one field in which women do excel. And can you guess which one it is? Well, it's the makeup world in which we have um, 409 men and 1,004 women. Why is that? Well, it's makeup. I guess the common wisdom is that women are good at that. And um, so this explains to you exactly what the world is in the film industry regarding equality of opportunities. 
Ecco, non vorrei che si pensasse che il panorama eh, sia più positivo per quello che riguarda le attrici, eh, perché non è così. I don't want for you to think that the situation is better for uh, actors because in that field as well Uh, men are still uh, protagonists and it's uh, very difficult for um, women to be uh, regarded the way they should. So many movies are still written with a male as protagonists with no regards to the female character. Uh, in Italy, there's only one uh, woman act, uh, actor, an actress, Paola Cortellese, who is a good actress, and she ends up writing her own scripts. And uh, so I don't want to take up much more of your time, because uh, I, I want to give the floor to uh, the producers and filmmakers we have here. But I think it's, it's very, very important for production companies to remember this, because then when you have films made by women, Uh, who end up in film festivals, on average, they end up winning a lot more awards compared to films made by men. So uh, we should reflect upon that. And women shouldn't be forced to become also producers of the movies that they want to direct. And there's nothing wrong with becoming producers. And actually, um, Mr. Lilo here is a great producer, and she'll talk to us about that as well. But I'm saying that women shouldn't have to do both jobs. They should be able to focus on the The creative part without having to worry about taking care of the financial part as well, uh, which is a problem that men generally don't have. Ecco, sono numeri che fanno particolarmente male. E qua, insomma, ci sono delle, delle registe e credo che anche a loro faccia male. These numbers do hurt and we have um, female filmmakers around me and I'm sure they suffer because of this as well. Uh, especially when we think that Italy is the country that uh, created Elvira Notari, who was a pioneer at her time. And also it was the country that uh, gave birth to Lina Vermula, who was the first woman who was nominated uh, for an Oscar, the first woman director. And yet, for decades, next to Vermuller, you only had uh, Liliana Cavani. And yet, after some time, there have been other uh, female filmmakers that reached some level of success, but always with significant challenges. Uh, it is very hard for women to be accepted by uh, production companies to be the leaders of a big project. Um, when we, you look at the numbers, you may even be fooled by them because they're not all that small in and of themselves. However, if you do um, analyze them in a more granular fashion, you will realize that a lot of these women filmmakers end up making shorts or documentaries, which are projects with a much smaller budget, and therefore it's easier to get them made. When you look at feature-length films, well, that's when problems come up. And it's still difficult for a production company to accept that to give money and to put money in the hands of a woman, as if a woman is still not considered mm, qualified enough to hold a crew together or to uh, make sure that her crew listens to her the way men have been doing for a long time. 
We heard uh, Anne Catherine talking about the handouts was actually distributed during the panel to the people attending. Just let me remind you that the panelists in this roundtable were Federica Belletti, film producer, the film director and producer Antonietta De Lillo, and uh, Daphne Di Cinto, uh, film director, actress, and producer. Uh, you may remember Daphne as one of the actresses in Bridgestone, and she uh, directed and produced this film uh, called the, uh, the Moor that we are going to talk more in depth later on and also Vilma Labate was there from Rome and uh, Elisabetta Lodoli, film director and scriptwriter, Angela Prudenzi, uh, film critic and producer that you already know. And um, one of the questions by Anka Ching was about uh, the best advice they receive in their career and uh, we are listening now to an extract of the answer by Federica Belletti to Anka Ching this uh, question about the best advice she received. Federica, I want to bring you in um, uh, to the conversation. I saw your interview on The New Yorker uh, with Sophia Loren and you asked her a question, um, what was the best, who, who gave you the best advice? And her answer was, Sophia me, myself, um, and I thought that was very impressive. So who gave you the best advice? Um, well, thank you, and thanks, everybody. Uh, I'm, you know, I just wanted to say very quickly that I feel very honored to be here tonight amongst these amazing filmmakers and women. Um, that's a great question. Who gave me the best advice? I think there isn't really... There isn't really a person. I feel like it's been, I think, I think it's, I can point out an experience that has been, um, that, that sort of enabled me to, to be comfy, to, to, to get the confidence that I needed in, in order to just, uh, you know, uh, be bold about the things that I wanted to do. It wasn't really a person. Um, for, for me in, in my life, it was the experience of, um, just be a part of a very special festival in Italy. That's, that's the Gifoni Film Festival, which Italians probably know pretty well. It was something I saw growing up in the TV, you know, on the TV while I was in, you know, my little apartment in Market. And then I, I was uh, lucky to be part of as a juror later on in my life. And, and it was the experience. And what the reason why I bring that up, it's because it was the shared experience of community and the discussion around films that weren't uh, mainstream and available um, at movies uh, about subject matters and things that I um, had no idea about. And so um Th that, um, yeah, I think that the people I met at Gifoni were, um, were really, um, sort of the people who sort of, uh, pushed me to and gave me the best advice in a way. Um, and yeah, I hope that answers. Yeah. It was Federica Belletti's answering Anka Trin's first question. And then another interesting question by Anka Trin Tizza was about the way these filmmakers started working in the film industry. Let's listen to that. 
I would like to ask, actually, there's something that I'm very curious, you all in the film industry, what made you uh, fall in love with cinema in the first place? Um, was it a particular movie? Was it an actor, an actress? Um, just a, an experience, somebody you went to see a film with? I don't know, who wants to start? And this is Federica Belletti's answer. Uh, for me, it was probably um, the first time I saw Roma Città Aperta, Rome Open City uh, in middle school. Uh, I remember just that it was just sort of I, I saw the movie and uh, it just stayed with me. And I, uh, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but the, the experience of seeing that movie was life was a, was a little bit life changing. Um, and uh, yeah, so I don't know if anyone else wants to. And after Federica Belletti, this was Elisabetta Lodoli's answer. I grew up in a family where, which we were watching movie always, and our parents were taking us to to watch movies of many different kinds. On Italian TV, when I was uh, pretty young. We could see from Eisenstein to, there were a lot of nice, interesting, uh, film, um, critics who were running interesting programs. So we were watching also, even if we were very young, very child, uh, very complex, complicated film. And then our, my grandmother was taking us to see funny film just to, balance the, the, the experience. So I grew up knowing cinema, so it was something that I, I knew from from when I was very little that I, not that I wanted to make film, but was to me familiar watching movies and very different movie one from the other. You are listening to the WICIP podcast about the event of the project that was held in New York on the 28th of October. And um, we are listening to some extracts from that panel. Let's listen now to Antonietta De Lillo's reply, uh, translated by Lilia Pino Bluen. Io personalmente non avrei mai, mai, mai immaginato di fare cinema e l'ho fatto assolutamente per uh, mi è capitato. Personally, uh, I never um, thought I would end up uh, being a filmmaker or producer working in cinema. I just happened on it. As a kid, I would go to the cinema. I would watch movies uh, such as Incompreso or Jamburasca or Viaggio nel Corpo Umano. And uh, I never imagined that that would end up being my life. As I was a troubled teenager, I had no idea what I would end up doing. I was off and I really, you know, I had boyfriends and I would... Mm, be like Zelig and I would turn into the dream of the person I was with. So if I was dating somebody who um, was selling clothes, I would be a model. And then I ended up meeting a photographer and I became a photographer. I liked that. And then I ended up meeting an, a camera operator who dreamt of being a filmmaker and he wasn't quite making it, but I thought I could help him. And so I went to Rome and I started getting involved with the film industry and I ended up finding a space that really worked for me. Um, I was never a good student at school. I was never happy, but 
on a film set, I found the right uh, environment for me. So my suggestion to all of you is um, if you want to do something, do it for others. By doing something for others, you might end up finding what truly works for yourself. Antonietta De Lillo talking about the way she became a director and the film producer. And now we end this part of the podcast listening to Vilma Labate's story, translated again by Lilia Pina Bluen. Beh, durante l'infanzia eh, io sono la quarta di due genitori eh, molto adulti, la quarta figlia. As a child, I was the fourth daughter out of two parents who, was, uh, who were much older. Uh, so I spent a lot of time with my two older male brothers, and they used to go to the cinema a lot. Uh, this cinema was in my neighborhood. It was a little church cinema, and my brothers would just watch westerns, and they would mm, drag me along only on condition that I would never ask to be taken to the bathroom. And um, then, after you know, spending many years in, in this cinema, uh, which was very similar to what you see in Nuovo Cinema Paradiso, uh, where all the spectators are deeply involved with what is going on. So it was a great community, and I saw lots of Westerns. And, um, you know, so I, became, I, I loved that already. But I actually started working in the film industry because when I was in college, I was assigned a research project, and I was asked to go find books to do research for a documentary. And so I'd spent weeks and weeks on, on a library to find all this material. And then occasionally I would go and see the office where they were putting together this documentary. And it seemed like a, such a fun place to me because people were sitting there with their feet on the table, they were smoking, there was no real schedule, they would come and go. I thought it was a fascinating place. And then one day, uh, back then there were no cell phones, so at 6.30 a.m. I get a phone call on my landline and they're telling me, get dressed, come with us, uh, we're going to go shoot and you've been so good with your research that we want to bring you along. So the shoot was actually, well, it's back in the 70s, and there was a, a movement at the time which was known as democratic psychiatry. And that movement was challenging what the national healthcare system was doing in terms of mental health. And the documentary was uh, about a situation in a ward uh, for in a mental health uh, hospital in a psychiatric hospital known in Rome as uh, Santa Maria della Pietà, and we were shooting in ward number 17. And the patients in there were patients who had not left that facility for 25 years. So I was assigned to the bus with the patients, and they were all crazy people that were fear-inducing, and I loved them. I spent days and days with them, and the emotion I felt was so deep and so powerful that it left a deep mark in me and it convinced me that that was going to be my job for life. 
You have listened to some extracts from the panel held at Casa Italiana Zerilli Marimo from, uh, for the WICAP project. And uh, we end this podcast here. But if you are interested, you can listen to the whole panel, which is available on FRED website in the uh, WICAP section. Please keep following us. The project is, is going on to different venues in different countries. And if you want to know more about the project, uh, have a look at the website WICAP. IP.IT and please don't hesitate to contact us if you want to know more. WISIP is the first international project aimed at promoting Italian cinema written, produced, and directed by women, which is also available in an accessible version. It was selected as a special project by the Italian Ministry of Culture. Fred Film Radio 24-7 on Fred.fm and smartphone apps.